Our world continues to change and push us in ways we have not been challenged before. On this show, we talk about these challenges, how to be aware of them, face them, and overcome them in your life. This is David Waldus, creator of the Align Living System. And I'm Nick Musica, Align Living Coach. Welcome to the Align Living System Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Align Living System Podcast. I'm David here with Nick Musica. Today's topic is balancing being of service with the question of what do I want out of this? You know, it's interesting um, how easy it is when we get focused on service to get so much of, out of providing the service that we don't ask that question. You know, what's in it for me? What do I want out of it? In fact, uh, just the essence of that question can make us feel like we're not being of service. And so uh, kind of setting this up a little bit, we talked a lot about um, the idea of primary gifts versus secondary gifts on here. And those primary gifts are those things that, you know, um, probably got trained out of us, but as we get in touch with them, they're really where our greatest fulfillment is. They're the things that are, you know, generally service related, like they support other people. They, they um, have some level of, of assistance and help of being a change agent of, uh, of, of really providing something that, that makes things better for other people. Uh, and hopefully for ourselves as well, you know, particularly when we start to look at the questions that we're looking at today. And so, um, you know, when we're, when we're in that, there's this innate quality of it that it just feels so good to give. There's a, this natural level of fulfillment. And I think that comes with a trap of, do we allow something to reciprocate? Meaning what is it that I want to gain from this? Whether it's financial, whether it's the, the qualities of the relationship that you're engaging with, whether it's, uh, you know, how you're seen and appreciated. And when we are caught in that loop of, it just feels so good to offer these greatest gifts, uh, and that that's our whole focus, generally our experience that we're having then is we often don't get back really what it is that we desire. And part of that, I think, is probably not being real honest with ourselves or maybe never even asking that question in the first place of what do I want out of this? And if we aren't asking that question and if we're not receiving it, it creates a unsustainable experience because at some point we're going to feel taken advantage of it. At some point we're going to feel like uh, it's out of bounds. And well, that's because it is. And it's also because we set it up that way. Awesome. So welcome, Nick. Howdy, David. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. So yeah, we're actually uh, talking about what's in it for me from a healthy what's perspective. In it for me. Yeah. 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 And, and it's interesting, you know, as you're, as you're listening to this, how did that feel that question when we go, you know, well, what's in it for me? Was there a cringe inside you thinking about asking that question? Was there like, yeah, yeah. What is in it for me? Or was there like a, well, geez, I never thought about asking, <laughs> you know, yeah, and, and yeah, I, and I think it has to go beyond feel good, mm -hmm. right? Because there's a lot of what we're talking about where it's, but it makes me feel good. Well, right, right, great, but it, there's probably got to be more to it. There's, it's got to support you. Mm -hmm. Um, you need to be able to do it more than once. It needs to be sustainable. Yeah, yeah, which so, which means that that it needs to be balanced. Right, right. Yeah. So what what are you looking to? Another another question to ask is. Other than what's what's in it for me is what are you looking to achieve by doing X? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
yeah. right? Like, well, I just want to feel good and give my gift away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that there's that innate impulse. I think that happens for those, most of us, you know, like there's a lot of em, empaths that listen to this, right. You know, it's, uh, it's something that we both, you know, traits we both have, uh, in, in strong ways in our lives. And, yeah. you know, we, we were actually chatting for a while about our lives prior to this and the idea of how kind of instinctual that has been for us and the areas where we've worked through it, the areas maybe where we're still struggling with it. Uh, and maybe struggling is not the right word, but we're watching it surface and going, oh, you know, what does my shape look like in this situation? And, and, I, and I, I like it from that perspective, because when we go, what's in it for me, it sounds like, you know, people can interpret that as selfish. People can interpret mm -hmm. that as self-serving. But when we look at it as shape and go, you know, what is the shape of my energy that I'm bringing here? Is it like this concave thing where, where I'm just going, you know what, I have, I'm going to offer you everything that I have. And you in return can give me uh, the opportunity to do that, <laughs> you know, or, or you can, uh, you know, I just enjoy helping you or I enjoy uh, connecting with you. Um, and, and that, that concave shape, I think that a lot of us that are empathic, you know, tend to have that, you know, it can have a lot to do with our childhood about, you know, how much, uh, you know, we were given things that were really treated as special versus you get the scraps versus, you know, like, were you, was your experience growing up one where you were put in situations where you expected to be kind of treated as first, or were you in a situation where you expected to be treated as second or third mm -hmm. or fourth? Mm -hmm. um, and when we grow up in those patterns, it gets so kind of ingrained in us and it shows up in our energy. It shows up in how we show up. And it trains other people how to, how to treat us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we can get mad at other people for feeling like, oh, they're really taking advantage of me. <laughs> they're not giving back to the same level that I'm giving. Mm -hmm. And sure, you know, there's, there's a lot of victimhood in that, which, you know, I think has its own dangers, but there's also this opportunity for ownership that goes, gosh, you know what? I'm somebody that maybe I'm just a little too comfortable being put second. Maybe I'm just a little too comfortable, you know, letting other people get what they want out of this, but not really getting in touch. Almost like it's a bad thing for me to get in touch with what I want out of this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, we were talking prior about uh, a negotiating uh, acronym, which is BATNA. So when, when there's certainly not a professional negotiator, also I need to get contracts and, and all that fun stuff as, as a, someone who owns their own business. Um, but the basic premise of the of the BATNA is when you go in, it's the best alternative alternative to negotiate agreement. So when you go into um, any agreement, it, you, you're clear about what you want to walk out with. What are your interests? How do they get met? Um, and then you have this best alternative to that, which is if I don't get all the things I want on my list, I'm okay with moving these two things around or or um, offering something else or whatever it may be. But that is that is your that's the lowest you're going to go. That's the alternative to the ideal. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think a lot of people keep that type of uh, framework in mind when they just no. want to feel good about something. It just doesn't exist. Right, right. Yeah, and, it's, and it is that framework that we're coming in with or without, right? Uh, I think so many of us, when we're offering service or, or something service related, you know, whether it's in friendships and relationships, whether it's in business, whether it's in, you know, family dynamics, that when we're in that place where it's the, you know, the thing that we love to offer the most, 
um, you know, as I was saying, like, I guess that was the intro, right? There's such an intrinsic value to it sure. that, uh, you know, to me, and this is funny to me too, because I've set up my life now where most of what I do is offer my greatest gifts. You know, like most of what I do is, is get to work in this intuitive zone, in this psychic zone, uh, energetic work, you know, where it's really where I spend the majority of my time. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, for me, like I've had to really learn and there's areas where I'm way better at it than others to make that a priority of going, well, you know, I can't spend the majority of my time in my gifts that feel so good to give without having something come back too, right? It's how I make a living. It's how, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's also part of my close relationships. You know, it's, it's not like that's what they're based on, but, you know, when you're in that intuitive state, kind of always, like it's an element of it. And so how do you, you know, the intentionality, I think that I've, had to step into and, and really finding myself continuing to learn about it uh, in my own life of prioritizing that so that I am finding that balance so that I'm not finding myself just, um, you know, feeling worn out uh, mm. and kind of imbalanced. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe right, in that case, the, the willingness to help. And I, and I, and I work with this on my side too, with the, with the online marketing stuff, mm-hmm. right. When, when there's someone comes comes over to me and I know they don't have the budget and, right. and I want to be helpful, but I don't want to I don't want to make a problem for myself either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so there's there's a certain amount I can offer, and mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and the idea is being very clear about what you can offer. Right. And if right. someone says, "Well, that sounds great, but what I'm really looking for is X, Y, and Z," and it's like, "Oh, mm-hmm. mm, what I can offer is the first thing I said." Right, it, right, yeah, holding holding right. that line, right? Yeah, yeah. Or else then I find myself it's a slippery slope because I want to be helpful, and mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. and now it's sucking up my time, and now I'm not I'm not giving clients t- the time that they deserve that they paid for. Yeah, I'm yeah. working until seven and still five, right? And so it, that at some point it just doesn't work. Going back to sustainable, it mm-hmm. doesn't work. Yeah, and you know it's funny too because if you think about the people in your life that you know you interact with regularly, I bet you would go. I can tell exactly who I would feel comfortable asking for an additional favor, asking to give more of themselves than um, than maybe the person next to them. And so what is it about them? You know, and sure, you could say, well, that one person's kind of a dick, so I know they wouldn't do it. But there's also people that are very kind and giving that you know have just a clear boundary, a clear shape to them that says, yeah, you know, I wouldn't feel comfortable. Or if I did, I'd want to make sure that I was making it of value to them because I honor them and I, and I value their time. And I really believe that that's a direct reflection of them honoring themselves and honoring their own time. And when we don't honor ourselves in our own time that way, in our own gifts, of course, other people are just going to ask us for them. And, you know, I've seen this a lot with clients, like, you know, this client I'm thinking of that started to become pretty well-known and, you know, it was weird to, to them because, you know, they had several successful books. They had, uh, you know, like just a, a really big following. And they talked about being out at a, uh, you know, at a coffee shop or something and somebody recognizing them and going, oh, my God, I'd love to bend your ear. You know, can I sit with you? And and it was just so comfortable for that person to ask this client that. And he was like, you know, there's a part of him that was kind of pissed off that the person wasn't valuing his you know, his time or his space. And there was a part of him that was flattered by it. But, you know, as we unpacked it, we realized that, you know, there was something in his energetic shape, something in his thinking, something in the way that he engaged with the world where he was open to it. 
You know, he, he didn't have a boundary around it because mm -hmm. he's so service oriented. And since then, like, it was such a kind of a cool turning moment for me. He's like, I can't be sitting in a coffee shop and have people, you know, like, and, and he would regularly get emails too, you know, from people that didn't know him. They would go, oh my God, I love what you're teaching. I love your books. Um, you know, can we set up a time to talk? I'd love to just get to know you better. And he was just like, what the hell? Like, how, how do I feel that? Like, I don't want to turn somebody away, but I, I don't have time to just, you know, chat with anybody that finds yeah. me interesting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I had the same conversation with someone yesterday about, uh, about SEO. Mm -hmm. And it was like, we'd love to chat, chat with you about this problem that I have. I'm like, that's, that's not, I, I typically have a discovery call with folks. Yeah. What, yeah. what are you looking to accomplish? Mm -hmm. Can I offer those things? Is, do we have a line of sight for success? Right. Is, right, is it a yeah. good fit? Yeah. Versus, yeah. man, I got this problem that you typically get paid to solve. Can I talk <laughs> to you for free? Yeah. 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 You can totally do that with the exception of I'm going to send you an invoice beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> right. And and it is like, I, I can remember when I first started feeling like I needed to do that, you know, because for a long time I was always just same kind of thing, like my client. And then at a certain point I was like, gosh, like I only have so much energy to give. I got to start protecting that. And yes. it needs to come back and reciprocate more than this feels good. And you know, that client that I was talking about, like he doesn't have that happen anymore. And the only thing that changed in him was his internal thinking and him getting really clear with himself about why he had to have that boundary and how he had to see and hold himself in order for that boundary to be present for other people to feel. And, and now, like if somebody wanted something from him, like it would be a big thing for them to come to him. And not because he's more well-known. Um, in fact, what he's doing right now is giving him less exposure but there's a very different experience of, of him. And, uh, yeah, and so, yeah. you know, if you're listening and you're thinking, gosh, you know, I, I find that so relatable, <clears throat> you know, I, I think that work really is, it's an internal job. And we start to think about like, well, I need to show up, you know, and I, I need to be able to tell people, no, I need to be able to set my boundaries and, uh, you know, well, sure. But when we do it internally, like it happens for us. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting thing to think about, like, well, how do we do it internally? How do we do it energetically? And, you know, and I, I think the answer really is it just comes from having a deep understanding and valuing that question of what's in it for me. And mm -hmm. not from a question, not from a place of, um, you know, selfishness, but from actually in a place of honoring your own gifts, honoring what you bring and realizing, you know, it's important to me to be intentional where I put my energy and it's intention, and, and part of that too is for it to feed me back, so I have the energy to keep doing this. And then it's about feeling balanced and solid in my life, and showing up in a way where I feel good, and the people I'm engaging with feel good. And yeah. it's this win-win, as opposed to, you know, like win-win at first, and then depleted, and somebody's kind of walking away with the treasure, as opposed to this balanced thing. Now you you didn't say it, but what I heard was I mean, the whole work world is talking about burnout, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah, aka giving too much for too long. Yeah, yeah. And then we find ourselves in a place of being totally depleted. Yeah, and right, that's corporate, right? I mean, that's yeah. Basically, that what they say is you know we need more or less. You know, we're, yep. we 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 we're cutting back on our employees. Oh, so you know what are they going to do with their caseload? Well, that's going to stay the same. <laughs> mm -hmm. Our workload's going to stay the same. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was I was talking to someone the other day, and they said, uh, "You know, so our, our budget got slashed to a quarter of what it was, 
but my goals doubled. (laughs) That math is going to work out. Yeah. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to this too. And and this isn't just about our work life. It's about our home life. It's about our relationships. Um, you know, and, and I, I think that, you know, at work life, we might be easier for us to go like, well, you know, what does the job pay? Um, but if we're self-employed and we're always in this kind of gray area with people, um, Mm. or, you know, we're meeting with potential clients, uh, and, and then really, you know, I mean, close relationships is, is a big place. And when we start to get honest with ourselves, with our close relationships of that question of, are they in balance? Am I getting what I want out of it as much as the, the other people are getting what they want out of it? Um, you know, that, that becomes a really interesting area to explore and ask ourselves, you know, how do I need to adjust? And for those of us that are the overgivers, um, you know, it, it can be a very challenging, challenging thing. And, and, you know, I think whenever we come to a realization, like, you know, as I'm talking about this, or as we're talking about this, you may th- be thinking like, gosh, this is kind of making me feel a little nauseous because I'm seeing the areas of my life where I do that. You know, uh, th- there's a tendency for us to want to make an abrupt shift and change and go, fuck that. I am not doing that anymore. Versus the idea of, you know what, this is how I've been walking through life. And so how do I scale that back a little bit? How do I start to retrain myself and the people in my life um, for this to be a little bit different? And it doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be this abrupt, you know, uh, um, maybe even anger-based or Mm frustration-based. And the deeper we own our role in it and realizing how we've set it up ourselves and even ultimately how we've been set up to do it, because so much of this is from our childhood. So much of this is what we grew up in and what we expected and how we were going to be treated and how we treated others. And what was the bounce versus the imbalance. Mm-hmm. And so when we bring that all to present day and, and really work through it, resolve it inside of ourselves so we can make the corrections, bring things back into balance, um, you, you know, like there's great opportunities with new relationships to rebalance that. And at the same time, you know, existing relationships are important to us, absolutely can. I think it has a lot to do with transparency. It all has a lot to do with uh, seeing it as like a, a curve as opposed to a 90 degree vertical shift of, you know, of creating a wall that we're going to uh, climb and go, you know what, shit's different now and uh, you're going to have to deal with it. With it. That, that doesn't go well. Um, and, and, I, I, and I think that we only feel comfortable doing that when we're in a place of blame or victimhood and rather than a place of ownership of how we got here. Yeah, it's a reaction to versus a, I'm changing my operating system and how I choose to interact with things. Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Interesting stuff. So so as as someone who's listening to this, recognizing the behavior and their interactions and the results they've gotten from prior interactions mm-hmm. and the willingness to make a change there and, and, the, and the first step forward, which is always uncomfortable, Mm-hmm. What would what would you you suggest as a plan of action for this person? Yeah, yeah, you know, and I, I think it all starts with coming to terms with it inside of ourselves because when we have an understanding of how it formed for us, uh, you know, we, and 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 I think that the danger area here is because I'm I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say is about going back into our upbringing, and there's for most people there's an opportunity there for victimhood. And so mm-hmm. I, I think that when we go back into this, we need to do it in a very matter of fact way that we're not trying to resolve our relationship with our parents or how we feel like we were treated or not treated. We're just looking at what were the dynamics that set up this experience. And so to, I really recommend people journal about what was it like for you growing up? Did you feel, and again, this is how you felt, not about 
necessarily even what the facts are because how you felt is what formed this not not necessarily what were the you know and so maybe you can talk to your parents and they argue back and forth you talk to a sibling and they argue back and forth that doesn't matter right now what we're talking about is how did you feel that you experienced this and so were you prioritized were you put in a place where your needs were more important than others were you not prioritized were you put in a place where other people's needs were uh you perceived them as more as being set up more important than yours and then the third part of that is, was it in balance? Maybe what were, you know, did you grow up in a place where you actually felt like, yeah, my needs were, were honored and so were my siblings or so were other people's and, and that balance. And if that's true, we're probably, you know, you're probably not a person who's going to need to go back and journal this. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, again, we're not necessarily talking about reality, but we're talking about perception. And so, you know, I think most mm. people perceive that there was some sort of imbalance in their childhood. Um, you know, and, and again, we don't need to talk about the reality of it. We can talk about the perception of it because the perception is what creates our feelings and our experiences and then our, our response to those and our coping mechanisms and how we engage and what we expect. And so, um, you know, then one of two things happens. We either keep recreating that because it's what we became used to. Like at some point we resigned to that's how things are. And then we're watching ourselves hold that shape, in, you know, in our adulthood. Or mm -hmm. there's other people that go, you know what? I was not honored and that's bullshit. And I'm going to make sure that everybody honors me that I come across. And we, we do the exact opposite because we're like, I am correcting my childhood right now by making sure that my needs come first. And, you know, that's a very, you know, like those two things are basically what, what we do, right? We either play along and we resign to, or we fight against. And then we're, we're still in a kind of a trauma response, a, a coping mechanism that says, now I'm demanding that, um, you know, that I experience the opposite of what my childhood is. And maybe some people that were like, you know what, I felt like I have this guilt from my childhood about, you know, how much my needs were put first. And so now I, I respond to that by doing the opposite. And then I make sure that I put everybody else's needs first because of the guilt component to it. And so it's, you know, it's, it's so so interesting how through our perception of, of an experience, we either have resigned to it and keep playing along because that's the only way we keep things safe um, or we're still in the battle of it. And, and now we're trying to do the opposite of things, trying to reconcile our childhood rather than just mm -hmm. allowing it to come into balance. And so mm -hmm. I think that's a great place to start is to dissect that a little bit for yourself. And again, being really intentional not to go into blame or victimhood with it, but let's just get the, get the, the, facts of our feelings down. And so, you know, if, if we were to just say, how did you feel? What was your response to it? You know, we're calling that a fact because the fact is that's how you felt. It's not a fact mm -hmm. because it's hundred percent true. Um, does that make sense? That difference? Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so then we take those, those facts of this is how I felt. And then we start to look at our dynamics and our relationships and we go, gosh, you know, am I trying to correct something from my childhood still? Am I asking for the opposite of whatever I was experiencing? And that's the shape I come into. And I look at those dynamics and that's what I keep creating over and over again. And if I'm that side of it, then maybe I burn out people in relationships because I'm demanding so much of them. I'm demanding that they always put me first. Or if I'm correcting always being first as a kid and I feel guilty about it, maybe I burn myself out in relationships because of the opposite. And then when we look at that piece of, you know, did I just resign to not being first? 
And now that's the relationships that I keep recreating over and over again and go, gosh, you know, it, it just makes sense. Like I, it doesn't need to be anything good or bad. It just makes sense. And so here I am today. I'm aware of this. What do I want to do about it? And, and yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And right there, that's, that's, that's the decision point for change. Yeah. That, absolutely. that realization right there. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I think we, it's so important and not, there's not often that I go, let's go back into our childhoods. You know, but this, I think, is a really important piece because that's where these patterns are formed so mm -hmm. often and and our perception of it. And, and and again, you know, you can go like, yeah, you know, but I was always told that that's not really true or like it doesn't matter. We're talking about the fact of what your perception was. Yeah. And so the, the magical phrase that I learned from couples counseling is, and what does this remind you in childhood? And, <laughs> right. And, and it was it was very helpful. Um, and very humbling. And one of the more important things I learned about it, at least for myself was, and it doesn't have to be a big thing. Like you could, you could mm -hmm. rationalize yourself mm -hmm. out of, but it wasn't really a big thing. It, what was the first thing that came to mind? Right, really, right. And, and then yeah. that's the thing we're talking about. That's mm -hmm. what happened repeatedly. And, and repeatedly it, it wasn't really a big thing. Yeah. Especially however. if we resigned to it. If we just right. got, oh, it's just how things are. So I just played along. Right. Right. And then you sort of get conditioned, right? So yeah, yeah. it doesn't have to be a big thing. Mm -hmm. Also, the little thing is the big thing. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. And so when we bring it to this present moment now too, right? And we go, okay, that's where the pattern came from and it's alive in me. And so then we go, yes. I can also see what it created. I, I can see how it creates instability in relationships. I can see how it creates resentment. I can see how it creates appreciation from others um, or appreciation from ourselves and resentment from others, depending on which side we're on. Uh, you know, it creates guilt, it creates all these unhealthy things. And so then we have to ask ourselves, okay, now, now that I have this in my awareness, I'm going to become much more mindful about it. And mm -hmm. I'm going to start to name, you know, what are the things that I need to watch for in myself? You know, and for a lot of us, it's, it's probably overgiving and being willing to give everything we have and then just be comfortable with whatever somebody else wants to give back to us. Because if you're mm -hmm. if you're still listening and you're the person who's on the other end of that, maybe you're not listening anymore. And if you are, kudos to you because that's awesome that you're you're, you're deciding that, that that you're ready to to move out of that imbalance because you know you recognize that long term it doesn't serve you. Um, but I think that that piece too of of when we start to recognize our behaviors, we can write them down, name them, and then let them be the red flags that we have of ourselves. And go, oh, here's my tendency. I need to watch that red and hold that as a red flag for me so I don't keep doing it again. And if you have people that you're really close with that are actually partners in this for you, you know, that you really trust and it's a close relationship, I think it is really healthy to go, you know, this is one of my tendencies. And my goal right now is to stop doing it because I realize it creates this imbalance. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're watching something on, I think it's on Netflix. Maybe it's on Prime. I don't know. Uh, it's sort of a dark humor show. Louder milk, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and essentially, this guy is a uh, the star of the show is a uh, substance abuse counselor. and and it was just lovely the last episode or two where we're talking about in group our triggers. Mm -hmm. and it was just for for alcoholism. like, well, why why'd you go off and and drink your face off last night? Well, because thing happened. Um, and so just the awareness of, of the triggers that I got to when you, when you get the feeling, what was the trigger trigger that inspired, shall we say that feeling that now we start to 
backtrack. We had a feeling it was triggered by the thing. Mm -hmm. And that is the opportunity again for the, for that change. Cause now we can see the, the points along the way. Yeah. That got yeah. Us to this Where the trauma that, response kicks in. Yeah. 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 And therefore the result that we're looking, trying, we're trying desperately to change. We can't change. We don't start with the result to change. We identify yeah. what we don't yeah. want out here. Yeah. But then we need to backtrack and then come back forward again yeah. to get a different result. It's really knowing ourselves more deeply and knowing where we're working against ourselves and working with ourselves um, and, and be able to disseminate that. And and yeah. then, you know, and, and I think too, almost, you know, I mean, obviously having a lot of patience with ourselves because when we're breaking a habit that we've had since a kid, which is generally where this comes from, uh, you know, it, it's probably not going to happen today. You know, maybe it will. I'm not saying it wouldn't but we need to have some patience with ourselves. And, you know, like when I'm working through stuff like that, I often find myself kind of laughing at myself too, of like, like you just did exactly what you said you weren't going to do. And you did it like in a really excited way. <laughs> you know, it's a, and when we kind of find the humor in our own humanness, um, because of course, right? Like it doesn't matter how much work we've done. There's always going to be places where we show up for sure. where you just for go sure. like, oh, really, dude? Did you really just do that? Like you walked in and yeah. said, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I just did that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, then that's, but if, if you could do it in the moment, if you can see that happen in the moment and then you have the want, will, whatever the right word is to change it, to correct yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Like I made a mistake. What I meant to say was, or right, that, that doesn't absolutely. really get me what I want. Right. That That's not going to really work out for me. I, this is going to work out for me a little bit better. Absolutely. Um, so let's talk about that and say, but you just said, well, don't hold me to it. I made a mistake. Yeah. 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 That's, Absolutely. And that ownership and, and I think that openness, um, you know, and the vulnerability it takes of like, oh, that's such a habit I'm breaking. Here's what I meant to say. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know this doesn't create anything good long-term. And that's really yeah. what we're talking about, right? Is we're yeah. talking about these behaviors are about creating things that feel better right now that create problems long-term. Mm. And that's often a lot of what we're talking about with the aligned living stuff, right? Because we're breaking habits that don't work for us in the long run that may feel good. That may make us, you know, and that's what a lot of being an empath is about is we go, Oh, I'm feeling all these things. What do I do right now to make it feel better or to make it not feel bad? Um, and right. You know, you know, but you, yeah, in that case, you're not building upon something layers and layers and layers that that's building towards something. It's just rinsing and repeating. It's a mm -hmm. feeling rinsing yeah. and repeating. Yeah. 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 So hopefully this is helpful for you. I, I mean, I, I think that we all have our own version of it and, and you can identify mm -hmm. it in your life, um, you know, or in the angle that you're looking at it from, whether it's continuing to try to resolve something you didn't like as a kid. So you're, you're pushing the opposite of it or whether you're in that place where you found yourself that like, that's how I kept myself safe as a kid. And I still do it because of that. Um, and, and maybe it's much milder, but is it still showing up in your life, creating things that are not supporting you? Uh, and, and watching those patterns and, and then having the humbleness to look at it and the grace with yourself to recognize your own humanness um, and, uh, and, and let it be a work in progress. So, that yeah, sounds really yeah. important, that last part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, not hitting yourself over the head with a hammer because you uh -huh. hurt yourself. I'm going to hurt myself because I just hurt myself. <laughs> so mad at myself. <laughs> so mad at myself because I'm mad at myself. Yeah, totally, right? Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Awesome. Well, uh, again, great to connect and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, all the stuff linked right in with the online living work. And so you'll see throughout these, we keep giving links to the webpage to davidwaldus.com to, uh, the free 
courses that we have the um you know there's a a, a free uh kind of sneak peek of my book where i read through several chapters and talk about behind the scenes of it there's there's just so many offerings that we have now to support you if you're wanting to kind of tiptoe into this and if you wanted to dive in deeper of course there's you know there's one-to-one -one sessions there's group programs there's there's a lot you can do here yeah yeah i feel like a lot of people are going to listen to this and go well, that's probably true for those people you described, those empath peoples, but I'm not one of them. I'm not mm -hmm. one of them. Mm -hmm. Maybe take an empath quiz. Yeah, yeah, which that's is, on Which is too. on the site. Yeah, Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. See how closely you align with, uh, with what's showing up there. Right, right. And it is funny how so often we don't recognize we're empaths because we've developed so many great coping mechanisms to not have it show up in that way. And so that, that yep. quiz helps us with that, for sure, to help us yep. identify. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good stuff. All right, well, have a great week and uh, look forward to catching up again next week. Have a good one. We hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast. And if you did, please subscribe so you can catch the next episode. If you want to learn more about the Aligned Living System and how it could support you in your life, check out davidwaldus.com. Mm -hmm.